Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content, such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. I wish I got a warning. started off with me opening a box to find an atrophied arm that had a lot of similarities to a little boy in my orphanage. A note in it assured my assumptions that it was in fact Alphonse's arm. Kind of freaked out. We went to go find Leo at the church, forgetting all about his magic ring that he had. When we arrived there, we noticed something weird about one of the patrons at the church we went in and out of the unseen public leaving the church trying to kill someone with a spectral dagger to the head exclaiming that their god and them shall both die then we are introduced to a new fellow he looks a little rough around the edges typical thug but he knows how to break some kneecaps is that it? Then as we know. Oh, he only listened to the episode. He doesn't know. He can't remember the full session. I'm just blanking out. Yeah. Don't if you, you remember want. that game of chess you played. I can pick up the rest because I remember everything after. I. No, I, I remember it. I'm just out of order. Yep. Want to let Ice do it? All right. Ice, you can pick it up. Yeah. Uh, so from there, so John is John is introduced or Leo is introduced to Asmodai and Asmodai makes him business proposition. The two have a nice chat, uh, after not being able to, or after allowing Leo to take the lead, uh, in a city that Asmodai has spent a lot of time in and, uh, Leo having great directional sense, getting lost multiple times, uh, Ro Asmodai finally, uh, shows him to where he had been looking for a merchant friend of his, someone who's also acquainted with Asmodeus, and the two have a conversation. During all this, Cobalt and Dust uh, find themselves trying to find their friend, going through the town and constantly being harassed by <laughs> mysterious-looking birds who are telling them to go into certain places. And they finally come upon a warehouse nearby where the other two are talking with the merchant. And Dust decides to go into the mysterious house, believing it has something to do with the Jade Hand. Cobalt, on the other hand, goes to find Leo, at leaving Dust to go into the house by himself, where when Cobalt turns back to see where Dust had gone, the house had disappeared, and... Dust was nowhere to be seen. Inside, Dust comes across some mysterious denizens, both of both of whom keep talking about how they are the only ones, or the chosen ones, and how this is just a place just meant for them. 
and he plays some chess, misses out on a chess problem, uh, and he's given basically a deal from one of the witches that resides within this mysterious area. And it also takes out a book that likes to moan when touched. Have your own inferences there. Uh, meanwhile, there's a conversation that goes on with big scary metal man Asmodai running into tiny little kobold. Uh, and after that, Dust then comes back and the four of them retire to a tavern for the night. There's a talk between Cobalt and Asmodai, where Cobalt loses a lot of the context. And everyone goes to sleep, except Dust, who is studying his new book. And then finds himself, without really much consent on his own part, being led out of the city to a boat. And Cobalt tries to follow after him, but gets distracted by someone that they know, and is not able to catch up to Dust in time. Dust sails away to an island where they all first met, and comes across Bilal, who he summons through some knowledge he learned from the book, and tells him that if he wants the power of Bilal, he must kill the leader of the Jade Hand. And I believe that is where we left off. A lot of good details. And I love all the inferences you made. Uh, that was good. And that's why I like uh, hearing each person do a recap. They all have their own perspective on what I say. Um, oh, did I did I mess some things up? A couple details, but I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> yeah, That's why I love. That, that's why I love doing this kind of stuff. It, it gives me a gauge of what you guys think is happening. I'm still trying to remember the difference between Leo and Dust. Yeah. One's a cat, and the other one's a scarier cat. Alright. So, this we're all over the place. So I'm going to try to give each person a little bit of time until we can come back together, or at least not up uh, like some of the separators. Actually, all four of you are in different places. So, I'm going to start off with Iceman. So, Asmodai, you're in your room, and you told me that you were a shark. And you told me that you're sharpening your uh, lance or polishing it. Yeah, polishing my shield, and uh, I can't really sharpen my warhammer. Mm -hmm. Now, there's one detail I want to mention. Your window is open. You leave your window open for a specific reason. In case uh, your boss ever needs to get a message across quick. You're not scared that anyone will break in. Anyone who comes in is going to regret coming in. But you need to leave that window open. And lo and behold, as you're polishing your equipment, you see a origami crane with red paper fluttering in and comes towards your hand. Do you open up a hand to it? I do. Do you open it? I do. It's a very simple message. You understand what the red paper means. It is an emergency. It simply reads, Turf War. And it gives you an address to very spe uh, specific locations. And it says, come now. And like uh, who it's from, it just says S, then dot. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, question. So this is before we actually get our long rest then? Yes. Okay. Uh, second thing. I would have also opened up that note that I received from the bartender or mm -hmm. from the uh, owner to see the name that was on it. 
Um, what was that specifically? Um, it was for a debt. Yeah, I believe it was Ulrich Orkson, if memory serves me right. Yes. Yep, uh, Ulrich uh, Orkson. It 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 doesn't have like okay. Well, just to make it specific, um, it it just gives a profile of the person. It's a bland orc with no specific details, you know, with uh, two regular tusks. And he has been uh, coming in and out of the end and disappeared for the last year. And they're assuming that he possibly went out of town and he, like, at this point is crippling, like, in crippling debt right now. This is an order from uh, Solomon to investigate the matter, but detail-wise, you're lacking a lot. So it doesn't look like you can get this done in one or one day this looks like a progressive thing that you just need to be aware of mm -hmm. yeah. yeah all right uh i will then uh having looked at both notes seeing the turf war thing i'm going to go and knock on <laughs> knock on leo's door you knock on it and there's no response <sighs> unfortunate well uh then i will take piece of parchment uh, yep. and write on it and slide a note under the door basically saying should be back in the morning have private business to go deal with okay and I assume you leave the inn I do and head to the address that is given on the way out you see the person that you're looking for a moment uh, moments ago uh, having a drink uh, Leo where are you and what are you drinking uh, sitting at the bar just ordered a, a nice wine mm -hmm. uh this wine i'm going to say is uh titan's blood and it's legitimately steaming it looks like actual blood yeah it, <laughs> it's coagulated it's like a gel so but I, I see uh do i see asmodad absolutely i'm like hey come here i turn to the bartender like uh, around on the house <laughs> and he goes uh, right away sir and he starts uh, getting. Believe that I am not in. Uh, I'm not in a state of mind to be having, to in, be imbibing of alcoholic beverages at the moment. He looks at you, Leo, and like gives you a look like, "Is that okay?" Why not? We got uh, things to celebrate. Uh unfortunately, I have business that I must be taking care of. You're more than welcome to accompany me if you are lucid enough to do so. And the bartender puts down two drinks free. Again, it's more uh, Titan's blood. Right, uh, I guess wrap these up for me to go. <laughs> and he is basically like he gives you like a, a tankard. Basically, there's lid on top with a latch, so you can you can carry it around and drink it at your leisure. And uh, tell the staff uh, to keep an eye on what we discuss. Yes, sir. I'll be back later. All right. Have a good day, sir. And he just gives you a polite bow while he uh, uh, works on the things you asked. How much have you already hid? I just had a a nice meal and some some wine, a couple glasses, not too much. Mm -hmm. Well, as we're walking out the door now, if you would like to accompany me, I have you'll get to see how the sausage is made, as it were. Mm -hmm. It'd be good to see, uh, since we are potentially going to do business, 
see how you guys operate. Yes, and we'll see how we do business. Hmm. It'll be an educational experience. <laughs> All right. Uh, as you guys are uh, walking about, and uh, Iceman, you even notice this. Uh, well, both of you guys notice this. There are no demons. That's a big, weird problem. Usually, uh, there is a bell to indicate, okay, it's curfew, first demon is spotted, stay indoors. The bell has not rung all night, and you see no demons. You just see a lot of gangs roaming about using this free time that they never get. So, Iceman, you you see, like, gang members from uh, the Wild Ones, the Wild Eyes, and a few, like, uh, unnamed gangs that have been uh, sprouting out like uh carrying out business in alleyways at houses everywhere it's it's honestly like an la nightlife it's honestly like daylight outside it, there's a lot of things going on a lot of people walking around um any comments both of you uh look the upstarts are trying to take advantage of a quiet night lead the way Duh. Keep yourself uh, scarce and make sure you are keeping a hand on all of your coin purses. Mm -hmm. As you uh, say that, can both of you guys make reflex save? And uh, tell me what you guys get. <laughs> six. I got a all six. Right. Leo? I got a ten. Alright. Looks like we're going to have a little fun. You have uh, two kids that bump into you, both with green bandanas, and they quickly scatter away. <sighs> I will just look at them and shout, Both of you stop! And they run. You are familiar with them. They're known as the Greenhorns. It happens yeah. every ten years. I'm going to look at the one that bumped into me, and I'm going to cast Command and tell him to stop. Ooh, alright. Uh, so how do I go against that? Tell me. Uh, that is a Wisdom Saving Throw. Okay, Wisdom Saving Throw, gotcha. I'm not even checking if I'm missing things. I know I am. <laughs> yeah. 17. Jeez. Yeah, yeah that, I know. that beats. And he goes, no way, mister, and runs away. Um, They I'm both gonna, go in separate alleyways. I'm going to yell towards the one. I'm like, boy, if it's much better for you opportunity-wise if you stop and give me back what you've taken. Okay, uh, do I have to make a saving throw for that, or are you making a roll? I was going to do a persuasion roll. Okay, go right ahead. Tell me what you get. 26. 26. All right. Uh, whoa, 26? Yeah, I got expertise in persuasion. Okay. Um. So this is how I I might do it. So uh, Asmodai, you're trying to intimidate a uh, young kid who is like, um, like middle schooler age. So like I'd say like uh, 12 maybe. Uh, and he runs away. He has, like, experience on the streets. He's dealt with you and everyone else. Like, uh, you're not as scary as some of the men he's uh, stolen from. He goes down the alleyway. Whatever gold you have on hand is now gone. John, uh, you deal with the seven to eight-year-old, and it looks like he's a little bit of a yellow belly. And when you mention that, he, like, stops in his tracks, hoping that you didn't see him. And he comes back and gives you back your coin purse. Whatever money that was stolen from you is given back. Thank you, boy. I think we might be able to use you with my uh, new acquisition. Um, and I, he just tilts his head. I tell him to to head back to the inn and um, tell them that I sent him there. Okay. Uh, he uh, goes to the inn. Where he, uh, the Starry Night, if memory serves me right. All right. 
Um, we can uh, go over what happens to him a little bit later, but uh, Iceman, you've been stolen from. Yes. Uh, I will just calmly walk after the boy who is running away from me. Alright, you uh, keep going down. Uh, can you do me an investigation check? Sure. Yeah, we, nope. we get seven. He easily loses you. It, it, you're not as familiar as a kid who was born and raised on the streets with all like the secret nooks and crannies. You go down an alleyway and you just see him vanish. It's not. It's like a dead end, and he somehow disappeared, and <sighs> you have no idea how he did that. We've. I will deal with that later. On to more pressing business. Yep. So uh, you guys are walking about and. Uh, so you, you guys go to uh, the location, and you see things have gone wild. You see uh, men with uh, red-stained hands with uh, swords out butchering uh, fey people. You see sad tires. You see elves uh, fighting back with uh, clubs, and they have uh, brown badgers on them. It seems like there is a gang fight of, uh, of turf in this area. Do you guys jump right into it? Do you guys... W w what's happening? I'm going to sit back and watch. Mm, okay. I'm going to go for the nearest elf who's uh, messing with one of my guys. And mm -hmm. just calmly, not making my presence known, just walking up behind him, taking out my warhammer, and I'm going to bash his skull in. Okay, so uh, we're not going to do regular combat for this. This is more of uh, just a little bit of flavor. So I'm just going to do a couple weird things to show how the battle progresses. Uh, first, just make a attack roll for me. Mm -hmm. Do I get advantage since this yes. might be considered hidden yeah. from him? Yeah, basically you're just coming in from behind. Make an advantage on your attack roll. That would be an 18. All right, make a damage roll. Nine bludgeoning damage. Uh, you don't do enough to kill him, but you... <laughs> he's down on the ground. It's basically like a, a Three Stooges moment. And uh, the satire just goes to the ground with the leg twitching slightly. It seems like he did uh, serious damage to him, but he's not dead. Um, in the background... Yeah. Sit back and, and sip my wine as all this yeah. is going on. In the background. Um, I'm going to have the two forces just fight each other really quick. Um, Let's see. I will just okay. be moving on to the next and the next, basically helping my forces. Yep. Uh, well, uh, it's good that you're doing that because it looks like uh, from the rolling alone that uh, your forces are on losing end. Uh, you guys are severely outnumbered. It's basically, with you now in it, it's three against seven people. And a lot of your men are on the ground dead. Uh, with uh, that guy taken out, you've uh, even the odds where they're just double your number. Are they, uh, like, clumped up? Uh, we can assume that they're, uh, clumped up. That it's, uh, basically in the middle of the street, and, uh, they're basically trying to surround, like, uh, the two All men. Right. So, uh, with a, a sigh, I'm going to, um, cast Shatter at the clump of the, the bad guys. Ooh. Uh, what happens if you get your, uh, like, his allies in the way? Like, I'm gonna or... try to angle it, because you said that the, the bad guys are clumped up, was what I was asking, or the... They so, are, but they're clumped up around uh, the allies. So if you imagine, like, uh, two allies in, like, a, a square, like, uh, two squares, uh, they're all around them. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was the other way around. Uh, I I've got something else. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to use my channel divinity, 
conquering presence, which will fear uh, all of the creatures of my choice within 30 feet of you need to make a wisdom save. Okay. I'm just, uh, well, do you want me to do it for each one or the entire group? It's all up to you. Uh, I mean, it's up to you. I don't care if you group roll or individual roll. Yeah, let's do individual. I'd, Give for... you a better chance. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. So I have 15, 18, 11, 16, 18, 8. There are two would, failures there. Would that be 8 and 11? Yeah. The ones that failed are frightened of me for one minute, so they're terrified of my presence. Yep, and luckily for Leo, uh, those two people there—it's a satire and an elf—and they uh, start to uh, go to uh, indoors, away from uh, Iceman. If you want to use this opportunity, John, you can take them out. Yeah, sure. All right, you can use Shatter. Oh, uh, actually, no. I'm, I'm gonna just like swipe at them as they're—are they coming by me or? We can say that, yeah. They're they're yeah. like uh, d- dashing past. As me. they're like running with fear, I'm just gonna kind of step in the way and hold out my sword so they like run into it okay you know what uh instead of making a attack throw um yeah just make one attack there for two people it was a fairly loose combat 16. okay yeah you get both them do damage 10 or do damage for each no both uh that yeah that kills both of them so uh you basically stab them right through the heart like a, a shish kebab with the uh, humans and they like they, I want to imagine like you're just holding it out lazily. They just ram themselves into it, and you just like tilt it, and they slowly slide off. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. So we're down to uh, four against uh, three. So the odds are getting evened out, but uh, your men are still surrounded. Um, hang on. Let me do damage. I'm gonna say it's both their turns. Oh, give me a second. Nope. Um, one of your men dies. So you only have uh, one remaining ally. Alright. I'm going to go as the one that is killing my buddy is distracted. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just bash bash him right in the back of his head as he's turned around from me and not paying attention. Uh, Roll with advantage. That's 17. Roll with uh, damage. That's another nine bludgeoning damage. All right. So, again, it's not enough to kill them, but it, it, they're sent on the ground. They're twitching. So, basically, we have a three against three at the moment. The odds have been evened out. Or, sorry, not three against three. It's uh, now two against three. All right. And after that, I will get in front of the guy, my last remaining guy, move, a, get him behind me. About ten feet behind me, and then I'm going to pop my necrotic shroud. Oh, okay. Uh, tell me what that does. So, uh, at this point, from Asmodai's back are going to sprout two black, spectral-looking skeletal wings. Ooh. Uh, made of bone. His eyes are going to flash a sort of begin glowing a dark gray, sort of like a white, but he's uh. But it's more its more of a, a gray, and it sort of glows. It almost looks like his eyes are smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the remaining creatures within 10 feet, which I would have moved up to get my ally out of the way and get them surrounding me, uh, they also need to pass a charisma save. Uh, yeah, they need to make a charisma save. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. 
We see uh, more likely uh, one fails. So we have 16, yeah. 17, and 2. All right. Uh, the one that failed just dies. Uh, uh, I'm all just right. going to say, yeah, he just dies. Uh, Has a heart attack from due to fright. Got it. Yeah. So, like, it, well, I want you to explain. So what does this shroud exactly look like, this necrotic shroud? Explain, like... Well, it's called a necrotic shroud, but basically what it does is... I sprout these wings from my back, and it, it it's basically, I go Super Saiyan, but mm -hmm. as an angel. So it doesn't actually make a shroud. If anything, there's sort of a, just covering me immediately, sort of a dark miasma. And, and in this case, it would be a dark red miasma. Mm -hmm. Okay, dark red miasma. And you just see, like, this person mummify as he looks at you. And I want to imagine, like... Um, Looking at you, Asmodai, the moon is right behind you, a full, bright moon. And instead of craters inside the moon, we see eyes blinking. And it's right above your head, overcasting a shadow upon you. A person can't even see what you look like feature-wise. They just see a silhouette with skeletal wings and two burning eyes. Uh, gray, you said, right? And yep. yeah, it. your eyes look at him and we slowly see him start to dehydrate then like his lips start to sink in like a person in the desert looking for water and he gets on his knees like he's praying to you before he slowly just passes away that's pretty cool uh we still have uh two people though um they look at you though uh let's see I'm going to say they look at you, seeing how you've taken out most of their friends. They're not willing to die for uh, this piece of land yet. So uh, the two of them look at each other, nod, and run away. You can take an attack of opportunity on one of them if you wish. Oh, yeah, and I'm going for the legs. Oh, yeah. Go right ahead. That's uh, an 11. Mm, nope. Um, your uh, hammer misses as it's going down. John, do you do anything as they're running away? Um... I'm going to note like where they're trying to like track where they're running off to. All right, you see that they're making ref uh, right into the alleyway. So when I look at a Esmodai, I'm like, shall we? And like kind of point out to where they're running to. No, it could be trap. Well, they they're running away. Let them flee. We have our own losses to deal with. He understands what happens when they come on their turf now. Does uh, most of your business dealings go... I look around at like the dead bodies this way. Not particularly. This is a unique night. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Iceman, I want to ask you, what exactly is your rank in uh, your gang? Uh, I'm a capo. There you go. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. And you see, like, uh, one of the men on the ground just look up at you, and he is... Again, you're like the guardian angel, Tim. He looks up to you and goes, Capo, uh, uh, Asmodai, Solomon said you were coming. Yes. Unfortunately, I wish I could have gotten here sooner, and then uh, we wouldn't have lost so many. And do you see an old man uh, walking by... Uh, he has uh, elf ears, but it's hidden by his uh, white hair. He walks with a cane, like age has gotten to him. And you see, like, a few, like, soldiers actually putting down coats every time he walks. 
and he comes up to you uh, as Madai, and he just looks at you waiting. What do you do? Uh, I do our gang salute, which is a hand that is painted across chest, and I bow. Mm-hmm. Bow. And, and I motion for uh, du- uh, not Dust, Leo, to do the same. And he just uh, holds out a hand to uh, one of uh, uh, the people putting down coats for him, and they give him a top hat. He dusts it off and uh, like fasten it, uh, fastens it on his head, and he looks at you and goes, uh, Why, Asmodai, it's so nice to see you. And he just gives you a smile. It's good to know my capos are on their feet today. <laughs> it is night, but I get your meaning. And he just looks at you with a smile. And he just goes, Oh, speaking of night, this is fairly strange, isn't it? And he looks around. There's no demons. Gives me a shake of the knee every time I look around. Not enough blood on the streets. And he looks down at the people you killed. Oh, I stand corrected. Yes, there are a few, few now than there were a few moments ago. As I am still in my uh, fallen ass bar for, because it lasts a minute and I can't turn it off early. That's fine. He just uh, looks at it and just goes, "Well, things must have got tough if you put on your shroud." And he looks at the red mist, just like it wafting through the air around him. It honestly looks pretty cool. Like uh, you see this man in top hat, this old man, and. The, um, the white mist around him blends with the red mist and he he just simply looks at you as Madai and looks at Leo and goes why who's this and I'm obviously not doing what Asmodai was doing I'm just standing in the corner cleaning my sword on like the clothes of the people I just stabbed <laughs> he, he just looks at you this is uh, someone who might be doing business with us. Wanted to scope him out a little bit more before I brought him to your attention. Well, actually, I think that we've already done a little business together, and we'll be doing more soon. What do you mean? Well, I believe you have a deal with the um, Starry Inn, I believe it was called. And his grip on his cane tightens a bit. Well, we do, as, we do business, yes. Yeah, well, I'm sure a man of your means has already heard that uh, it has a new owner now. And Asmodai, um, the cane that he has, it's made of some kind of gem. You see that it's like, uh, say, amethyst or royal, like purple. And he's like the veins on his hand squeeze so hard that it shatters the glass and like bloodies his hand a little bit. He puts out his hand towards uh, like the people putting down coats when he walks. Like they quickly clean out his wound, put a little bit of alcohol on it, and wrap it up. And he holds his like the wood of his cane now, like he is about to do something. (laughs) Leo, you're going to want to stop talking about now. No, I think I won't. Um, I think that we both can do stuff. You see, I happen to be very good friends with uh, some people that could make your life very easy or very difficult. 
And I think it's profitable for both of us if I make it easy. And he looks at you and goes, John, I, I also need to stress out. Uh, next question, regardless of your roles, will determine your relationship with this man. He looks at you and he goes, who are you doing business with? I'm not talking about business. I'm talking about I happen to be very good friends with the town guard and therefore that can make your business I look around again at the dead bodies easier or difficult I mean the guard could turn their attentions towards your territory or the guards could turn your attention towards their territory he walks up to you with a little bit of a limp and Asmodei you feel a bit of murderous intent he looks down at Leo Leo Make me one persuasion check. Just one. Also, Asmodai is going to chuckle under his breath. (laughs) (laughs) What do you get? 21. He looks at you, and he raises up his cane like he is about to, like, use it as a spear. And he just ends up throwing it afar. Then, like, holds out his hand, and another one of the men just gives him a cane. This one looks like it has a red gem on it. No, you know what? It has a green gem on it. We'll say, like, uh, it, it's a jade, like, uh, a topping to uh, the cane. He puts his hands down on it and offers you his good hand. That's not bad and shut and goes, Why, it's a pleasure to meet you, Leo. I am Solomon. John Solomon. Very nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, too. I look forward to a, a very healthy business relationship. And he just starts to laugh and just goes, <laughs> And I offer him the uh, the the wine I had bought for Asmodei earlier that I have in a sippy cup. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, uh, basically takes the tank eared and looks at it and goes, Oh, Titan's blood. Mm-hmm. And he looks at it and just shakes his head. A little too much business to be drinking on the job. And he offers it to uh, one of the, uh, his lackeys, basically, and they just hold it for him. And he looks at you, uh, and then back to uh, Asmodai and goes, You picked a good man, Asmodai. I heard a lot about Longpaw, and we're also hurting with uh, the recent events that happened to the guard. We don't have uh, as much hold on them anymore. So we'll do good, very good. Yeah, well, I'm glad they could be of service, boss. And he goes, you've always been a good man, Capo. You know, you're my uh, one of my top men. And he, like, motions for you to stand up. And he looks at both of you, and we uh, cut out for a second. We move over to, let's say, Dust. Dust, you're on the island. The ritual is done. You whipped the angler mimic and you are now on an island. Uh, make no, you, you have a passive of a 13. So as you're recuperating, like uh, getting back to your senses, you do still, you, uh, you, you see uh, what I can only explain as a ghost ship. Like in the mist, you see just a ship appear. Can you do a perception check for me? Oh yeah, uh, you know that this thing actually appeared. It, it's not like it was hidden by the mist and you just suddenly noticed it. No, it looks like it 
like slowly appears like it's going through a point and coming out of nowhere and you notice that a ink crow like a black crow is on the sails and you hear a man not cheering about and uh like you can hear a few tidbits like all right all right it's almost time you see it afar i would say it's a good 120 feet from where you are on the island do you do anything about this? Let it pass. What What are your thoughts? What are you going to do? Do I happen to see anyone who could look like the captain? With your perception check, yes, you do. You see a man with silver hair. Uh, it's hard for most people to see, especially through the mist. But you can see how clear his uh, cut on his throat is. It's black. It, it is poorly stitched up. And you just hear his loud, booming voice as he waves his sword around. And it just goes, All right, fellas, we have one more job to do. It's almost time. One more final push, and we'll have the town. And you just, like, hear the pirates go, Oi! And they're sailing forward to the harbor. I want to stay enough to the side of them. Or I want to try to get to the harbor right after them okay that sounds perfectly fine uh uh make me a stealth check please all right now uh make roll me a 1d 20 plus 20 or not 1d 20 a 1d 100 1d 100 plus 20 okay so uh, about 46 minutes pass as you roll onto uh the harbor and uh you're you park where you parked uh, the first time, like, uh, near Clearwater Sailing. And a little bit of a short scene for uh, Dust, but we're going to move on again. We uh, move to uh, Fallon and uh, Cobalt as you guys are sitting down waiting for Dust. And presumably, Dust is coming right towards you. Not from uh, Clearwater Sailing's uh, docks. I mean, like, right towards, like, the center of the city. And you just see a rowboat. And you guys keep talking, and he is down in the dumps, like a hollow shell of the man he was before, and he looks at you, Cobalt, and goes, hmm, so if you're not a dog, do you consider Dust your master? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar. Uh, what is your relationship with Dust? Dusty kitty, Dusty kitty. Master, master. He looks at you, Cobalt, and just goes, How much does Dusty Kitty mean to you? Dusty Kitty, help Cobalt. Dusty Kitty, help keep Cobalt safe. Dusty Kitty, friend? And he looks at you, Cobalt, and says, I wish I had a friend. It's hard to keep a friend while working a job where you work nine to four and four to nine. But... Fallon man also help people. Also keep people safe. Keep Cobalt safe. His eyes just get a shadow. And he begins to look more gloomy. And he goes, With what happened the last couple nights, I... We're useless, Cobalt. Look around. And if you just take a moment of silence, it's just filled with, like, glass breaking, people yelling, people... It's honestly like martial law was just declared. And he goes, we don't have enough guards to keep the peace. We've lost most of our men during the cannon fire on the orphanage. The demon fights that night. 
It was the worst wave we've ever had. We've lost a lot of our new recruits. When our barracks was... I don't even know what happened to the barracks. And he looks at you, Cobalt. I've only heard that from the Necro uh, Chroniclers that it wasn't you or or Dust or, or Leo. But other than that, they were killed so fast that we don't know what slaughtered them. What killed my men, Cobalt? Cobalt, no shirt. That night, really strange for Cobalt. See, big scary birds, big scary frog. And the moment you say big scary frog, he goes, damn soul gutter. And just shakes his head. We couldn't find some of the remains or the, the souls of some of the men. Must have got to him. And he goes, it's a nasty little fucker. He looks out towards the boat. Cobalt, how much are you willing to do for a friend? Cobalt, do anything for friend! Are you aware that there's new regulations on sailing your ship at night? Cobalt, no, no, Cobalt, no, no, city well. What regu- reg- 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 regulation? And he looks at you and smiles and goes, rules, laws. You familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Master has rules and laws. Well, there was new rules and laws in order. How fast can you run to a watchtower? Cobalt run very <laughs> fast when Cobalt try. Keep in mind, there's like 900 feet in between you and the watchtower. And he goes, Cobalt, if you care about your friend, run to that watchtower. He like points to the watchtower in the distance. And he goes... Tell them that your friend is on that boat before they set it ablaze. Cobalt's eyes just grow wide quickly. You jump up like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so you, just... you see like a like a slight uh, like d like dim light in the fucking uh, uh, watchtower as like they light an arrow. Oh, God. Cobalt is booking it. <laughs> and we see. Uh, can you do a perception check for me? Dude. What do you get? Cobalt see shit with a five. <laughs> he like you see uh, uh Fallon just uh like pats you on the back and tells you run, run, and you just fucking book it. Um, can you make me an athletics check to see how fast you get there? Cause that's the, cause that's the ability I'm good at. Mm. Yep, the ability I'm good at with a three. <laughs> it doesn't. It's towards something very specific. It, I won't specify, but it's not towards what you think. Uh, you start running over there, and I assume you start uh, getting on the ladder and climbing and climbing as fast as you can. Is that correct? Yep. You get over there, and you see the man does like a full drawback with his arrow. And what do you do? Wait, no, stop! Don't hurt Dusty Kitty! He looks at you and goes, oh, what the hell? And... What do you say? Like, things turn black and white for a second, and time slows down. It seems like you surprised him, and he might loosen the grip just from surprise alone. You have one action. What do you do? Fallon man say not hurt Dusty Kitty and Boat! And, hmm, I'm gonna say, you don't need to make a uh, persuasion check. But, again, uh, I want to know an action you do besides us speaking. This is like a moment's notice you surprised him. He's going to let go, regardless. 
how like how do you influence the direction of like where he's shooting um you know what the action that cobalt actually takes is like as he's getting up he kind of like uh like runs up and grabs his leg as he's pleading like probably grabs onto his left leg <laughs> mm-hmm. and you do that and he accidentally points up and it sets the watchtower ablaze on fire and he goes oh no no and we uh cut away back to dust really quick dust you see the watchtower as it sets ablaze and you see like a rowboat like coming in to the shores then you see two then four then six you see countless upon countless rowboats coming in they're all filled with pirates what do you do dust do i see anyone in the watchtower it's super far away like I said, even with a cobalt, like being where they're going to land, that was 900 feet. Um, to do it from you, let me give you a perspective with our map, because you are right here. See where I'm pointing? Mm-hmm. And the watchtower is right here. That's like 140 feet through a mist in the dark, while good old cobalt was watching from here. So do I see? Yeah. Yep. Uh, like, if I could just ask, like... Uh... Like a, like maybe as a like a potential way to keep the watchtower from actually being set entirely on fire. Okay. Uh, would uh, would Cobalt have been able to like start a ray of frosting as much as he could to uh, uh, reduce the fire's impact? Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll say you're doing that in the background, trying to control the fire. We'll determine like how effective that is because this was, if you want to imagine it, it was like a. Uh arrow with like a lot of wrapping around it like cloth that was set ablaze with ga- uh, like oil or gasoline so it is starting a hefty fire but we'll get back to you in a second um dust you just see a fire on the watchtower you see like an armada of not an armada but a fair amount of boats it looks like they're doing a uh, siege okay do i see any shadows so to you it might seem like this was a staged invasion where, like, they already have operatives, like, working inside the city, just from the looks alone. Um, do I see the main pirate ship? It hangs around in the distance, and the moment that you actually look at it, you hear a cannon fire as it sets, like, an attack upon the city. So you hear, boom, boom, boom. And Leo and uh, John... To cut away for you just for a moment as you uh talk to uh, the big man and as he's about to say something else you hear like buildings and uh, cannon fire hitting stone is a deafening like uh, sound as it happens near your location so boom 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 and you see like a few buildings like topple so <laughs> if you guys don't have any one-liners or remarks we'll move back to dust this is going to be a long night, isn't it? Oh, looks like it will be. I'll just sip my wine. Yep. <laughs> Alright, back to Dust. Dust, what are you going to do? You're at the dock. You see a lot of people that are going to try to like siege the town. What is happening? What are you going to do? Is there anyone near me at the dock? Strangely enough, you don't see the usual guard at night. Or not, yeah, guard and uh, uh, Clearwater uh, employees. So you don't see anything. How far away is the main pirate ship? 100 feet in the water. 
luckily enough, if you were to look at the pirate ship, uh, you see that it's just a captain and a few uh, 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 pirates, as they're uh, basically people manning the cannons. I am going to book it to clear water sailing. The warehouse? Yes. Okay. Uh, you're booking along the docks. You make it to the warehouse. Are you doing anything else there? Like, uh, what are you doing specifically? I am looking for the dwarf that made us the deal. He would be in his office. Even at night, this is where he sleeps at. Uh, do you go inside, go to his office? Yes, I go inside. Okay, you go in and you see that he's already gotten up and he goes, uh, Oi! Oh, Cap, what the hell's been happening? Seems like some pirates are trying to invade the city. <sighs> and spits on the ground. Damning crows keeping me fucking awake and he uh slowly uh gets out and he has his like own little mace that he keeps around it's not a club like a straight out fucking mace and he starts walking down using it as like a cane for his stature and he goes well what the hell are we gonna do about it well i know you're a man of business and you don't want to lose any money so i say we work together and get these pirates Away, I have a few accomplices that may be able to help us, but I need your word that you won't backstab us. And he looks at you and gives you a deadly glance, and he goes, You heard a, a word about me on the streets, haven't you? What do they say about me? They say you'll do anything for a gold coin. Right. Now what do I do to people who take my coin? Well, let's find out. Exactly. All right, let's go. And... We can do a montage. Like, uh, what's your plan? Uh, are you gonna uh, like gather everyone up really quick? You gonna go in there solo? What's happening? Because well, I'm gonna say the more time that passes, the more pirates uh, get onto the shore and start a siege. Well, so, I I'm yeah. gonna ask what's his name again? Uh, Col uh, Colbeard or Colbert, either one. Col I need you to gather as many men of yours as you can. And he goes, all right, right, and he. Basically, like, he does actually have a few men that's doing, like, late-night work. It looks like they're doing illegal shipments. And he basically barks a couple orders to start gathering up men. And he goes, I'm way ahead of you. And he looks at you. What the hell are you going to be doing? Do you have numbong? He looks at you. And he goes to crate and grabs a crowbar. And he just fucking, like, sinks in the crowbar to the crate, cracks it open, and you see a crate full of numtongue. What the hell do you need this shit for? The element of surprise. Mm -hmm. I just hold out my hands as much as you can spare. And he just, like, gives you a handful. He doesn't even care at this point. He's, like, suffering damages. Uh, now, I, I want to cut away from you, but what's your plans while uh, while all this is happening in the background? What, what are you going to be doing? I'd be rushing to the guard's tower, because... Well, okay. it's fire, so we need to help defend. Okay. Uh, let's say, uh, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, uh, Kitty Cat goes towards a tower. Oh, you thinking about getting a boat? No, 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 no. For future. Okay. So, uh, we see uh, the cat uh, making a run with it with his fe uh, feline agility, just making great strides towards the watchtower. I'm going to say, for now, we're going to move back to uh, John and Leo. Leo, uh, John, what's your plan? Well, since they're both me... Oh! Uh, <laughs> yes, I am no longer yeah, here. I have yeah. become a clone of Leo. Yeah, Asmodai and Leo. What's happening? Um, I'm going to talk to the guy. I'm like, 
So if we want both of us to keep making money easily, I think we should deal with the situation. And he looks at you and goes, yeah, that seems to be the right idea. And he looks at you, then Asmodei. As a capo, I assume you know what your next assignment is. I'm going to say dealing with the cannon fire. That was cannon fire, wasn't it? But it appears so. And he throws you big. That's for being shot. And you have a hundred gold now. Oh, yeah. Almost <laughs> doubled what I had. By the way, if you see two children from... I forget what the name of that gang was. It's Greenhorn. It's a, it's a typical generic like uh, label that's given to new gangs. By the way, if you see any Greenhorns walking around with 70 gold pieces, it's mine. I would like it back. I don't have time to deal with it at the moment. The pickpockets. That. And this time, he's going to take the pouch, and he's going to put... Uh, he's going to pull out two smaller pouches. He's going to put one uh, into his boot, and he's going to put the other half into his bag, or into uh, the internal parts of his backpack that he has. Yeah. And he goes, right, I'll get the rest of the gang and send them your way. Deal with the waves. And he starts, like, walking away in a fury, and, like, again, like, his two lackeys, they're young boys, and they're still, like, putting coats underneath his uh, feet as he walks. I'm going to um, head towards the rich part of town to see if I can weaponize the nobles. Okay, that sounds good. You uh, start going across the bridge, and uh, as you go across the bridge, Asmodei, are you following him? Like, uh, or are you going to do your own stuff? I would like to follow him, but boss said need to go deal with problem mm -hmm. <laughs> and said he sent me reinforcements so say all right you do with the nobles meet me on the uh near the water as soon as you can i'll rally what i what i can but would you hurry leo i really don't want to uh you seem somewhat useful in keeping them distracted from me i like meat shields <laughs> yes well we'll get this problem taken care of don't worry that and i'm gonna start running towards the shoreline all right so i'm gonna shift the focus on to uh john then we'll cut back to uh, Iceman when we get mo uh, most everyone together um john uh how are you gonna weaponize nobles what, what what's your game plan i'm going first to like the the magical inquisition because i've got a pretty good back and forth with them mm -hmm. and i imagine that they've got quite a bit of power if they have this kind of hold over the city. Yep. And once you uh, like knock on the door, you do see like David, the guy with the the fat man with the cyst on his face, and uh, he is wearing night clothes. You know, like uh, the long dress you'd see on most guys. Like uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the Christmas Carol. You know, I'm talking the Scrooge outfit when he's sleeping. He even has a little hat. So, but you know, it it's draping over his big pot belly. There it goes, huh? Leo's so very nice to see you. What what's happening at this uh, hour? What what was this cannon fire? I think this is something that you can make up for me for the tea incident. What can we do? I need whatever available men you have sent to the shore. We've got an invasion that I think oh. will hurt both of our pockets. 
and he's uh, sweating a little bit and goes, Leo, a lot of the Magical Inquisition isn't ready for combat, but, uh, he, it looks like something dawns on him. Well, we, we do have that. Yes. yes. And, and I he, know we've been stockpiling magic items, so. Yeah. Yes, but, uh, we're, we're mostly businessmen, but we do have, uh, people that we use to repossess our, uh, items. Are you, uh, familiar with, uh, Inquisitors? I've dealt with them. And the moment he says Inquisitors, you do see, like, a tall shadow behind him. And the man brushes past you like he doesn't care, and he has, like, a uh, lance. The lance... If you guys ever seen a blacksmith making a weapon, you know that they heat up the iron till it's white hot with a bit of red and orange. That's what the lance looks like. It has that kind of a spearhead where it is just glowing and you see like um, heat waves coming off of it. The man is armored, lanky, but he has a uh, cape behind him with uh, the, a yellow cape with this, uh, like a symbol of... Uh, the Magical Inquisition, which is a simple sun with tentacles. He walks outside and goes, What are we doing today? And you see the man. He looks at you, Leo, as he walks by. Time to earn your keep. And he, he goes, <laughs> All right, And then um, I'm going to kind of do some things at the, the different noble houses to try to like get their house guards involved as well. Yep, he, uh, walk, uh, as you say that, he just starts to laugh, going, <laughs> and goes, it's a beautiful night to burn heathens. And he, like, reels back with his spear. And keep in mind, hang on, he is right here, um, if you guys can see on the map. And the soul, uh, the uh, boats are coming on to uh, the Blighted uh, Slum side, right next to Clearwater's docks. And you see his spear launch off. And it goes about 120 feet. And it just hits one of uh, the boats. And the spear begins to burn the boat. And it uh, bursts into flames. And you see like a few of the guys like screaming as they like get swallowed by the fire and they jump out and you see again a rumble in the water and then you see their faces with a long like snake-like necks come out saying it burns it burns oh no and they just keep repeating that it looks like they are caught by an anglerfish as the boat burns i turn to the guy and i'm like if you're ever looking for future employment Give me a call. And he looks at you. He holds out his hand in Kingdom Hearts style, like uh, the spear comes back to his hand, manifesting in uh, like glowing motes of light as it reappears in his hand and goes, There's no greater service than serving the Magical Inquisition. And he smiles, and he seems a bit deranged, a bit unhinged. All right. Now, uh, you're going to uh, each house to uh, try to get like the house servants out. Like the, because these noble house, like the city doesn't seem the safest, so I'm assuming these noble houses have like house guards and stuff like that. I want you to do, give me a three persuasion checks, we're going to say for each area. And basically you're trying to convince like nobles to let go of their only protection against like an onslaught. Or, you know, like how the upper Ecleon, when like trouble's brewing, they usually like to keep their protection near them. 
you're basically yeah. taking that protection away from them to be useful, essentially, instead of protecting them. So first one is an 18. All right. Next one. Sorry, my roll 20 froze. Yeah. Next one. Uh, can you see that? Because mine's frozen, so I can't see the second oh. one. Oh. Uh, 26. Unless you're adding on anything else besides a plus 8. No. Yeah. yeah. It's just as per his uh, subclass, he can't roll yeah. lower than a 10 on the die. Again. Yeah, so another 18. It, yeah. That's well, the main reason I'm just having. Are you sure it's 18? That's a 2 plus 8. But I can't roll no, like, lower than a 10. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's what we're saying. He can't oh, roll so, lower than a 10 on the die. So, so basically, I can't roll less than an 18. And then yeah. plus you, is persuasion. Are you so, fucking serious? I thought that was just yeah, like... This is why eloquence is extremely strong. On persuasion, deception, rogues get it at 11th level. It's called reliable talent. They get yeah. reliable talent for two skills at level three. I was just assuming like the modifier gets discarded and it's just like a 10. No, no, the die roll cannot be lower than a 10. So on those two checks, he can't even roll a natural one. No, okay. Um, yeah, there's, I guess there was never a reason to roll. Like, you convince everyone to get, or, like, get their guards out. Now, to determine how many we have, do like a, uh, do me a D30 roll, make a custom roll, D30 roll plus 20. Got 844. Oh, uh, that's not right. Uh, I, I meant that. Uh, one d30 i got a six okay and that was plus so 36 men come out uh we, so i'm assuming you're uh, uh delegating like leading this uh uh charge to uh the inquisitor yeah dude i trust that guy yeah he uh looks at you and gives you a firm handshake and he goes uh, my name's amas so very very nice to meet you are you ready to see heathens burn Always. <laughs> and he just like looks at the men and starts giving uh what what was that scene with like the guy with the blue like face paint you know like uh, you can't they can brave take heart. our freedom yeah he's doing the brave heart like scene he's like talking in front of them and giving a uh, noble speech to uh, boost morale as uh, this inquisition or like uh, his essentially raising inquisition it seems like he was born for this role. As he says, uh, the pirates land and think they can take our city away from us. Let's show them what Inquisitors can do. Let them know the power behind the magical Inquisition. You may be a part of the families. You may be but simple servants. But under this night, you are under one flag. And he points towards like his cape with the symbol on it. And he goes, we are all part of the Inquisition. Let the heathens burn. And you hear them roar as they are ready to fight. And they start charging across the bridge. So they, like, essentially right now, uh, a lot of the battles going to be happening in the Blighted Slums. But currently at this moment, you've taken away just about all the protection away from uh, the Jade uh, Hills. Keep that in mind. Right now, he is narrow-minded and he is delegating most of the forces to the current threat all right um john i assume your business is done and you're going towards the battle or at least looking at it from uh, uh the uh soldiers pass yep and towards it okay you uh go towards it and like you see a uh, dust you do uh both of you guys lock eyes any interaction there i toss him um a few numb tongue okay 
Friends only. I give him a, a cheeky wink. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anyone going up the ladder? Uh, let's uh, move back to uh, Cobalt at the moment. A lot of things have been happening. Uh, how are you stopping the fire? You said uh, you're using uh, Raisin Frost to uh, put it out. Yeah, it's like, it's like, no, 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 stay up, stay up. I, I just love the idea that Cobalt prevented, like, in, in <laughs> like, uh, the beginning attack against, like, this fucking siege. Oh, Cobalt, you're always doing a good job. So, uh, let's see. How do I want to do this? This is going to be a weird check. Um, I think how I want to do it is just make a regular, uh, make your regular, like, arcana, like, uh, attack to hit. See, like, uh, what that gets you. We'll say, like, a 15 and higher, you manage to extinguish all the fire. Ah, fuck me. <laughs> this has been House Common Blood, the intro music by White Sand, Promise and the outro music by Darren Curtis. Time's up. Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you have been to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word by mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us, and make sure to tune in next week.